Thanks, Jen. And a very Merry Christmas to everybody here. Um, very special to, to see you here today. Very special to be here in the Lord's house on his birthday. I mean, hey, let's really celebrate it. Um, my theme today, as you can see behind me, is joy to the world. Joy, that thing that, you know, we don't talk about it much, but it's deep inside each one of us if we know the Lord. Well, I guess this is going to be a very short talk, so I hope I can punch it out enough so that you will really get that sense of Jesus in me, praise the Lord, you know, that you get when you have that real understanding of the things of God. So, you know, look, if I was talking about this year that's been, I would say it's probably one of the worst years ever. Um, it hasn't been a good year. It still isn't a good year. Rapidly rising prices, inflation, skyrocketing interest rates, lack of housing. Um, to top it all off, we get new waves of COVID. I saw on the news, oh yes, all the capital cities are getting um, to the peak of a new wave of COVID right now. Perfect, just in time for Christmas. Um, Okay, I better find this little device here and we'll look at something Jesus said. Yes, that's the one. In this world, you'll have trouble. But he then went on to say, take heart, I've overcome the world. That's the, that's the rider clause that makes all the difference in our world. You know, it gives us hope for the future. It gives us hope for the now so that we can just look to him and walk into the future no matter what it brings to us. You know, he, uh, James kind of took it a step further. It's not going to be all doom and gloom, but James said, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Okay? I'm sure we all know about the testing of our faith. But you know what? Can we look on our problems and our trials and tribulations with joy? I think some of us have got a way to go yet on that particular one. You know, hello, welcome. Today is the most wonderful day of the whole year. Thanks for taking time out from the busyness of Christmas Day to come together to celebrate the birth of our Saviour. You will be blessed for your choices today. And I pray that you'll leave here with a brand new understanding of one of the most amazing gifts that God has given to us. You know, when God sent his son to the world to be born as a baby, the angels were his messengers. And there was a common thread that wove throughout all of the announcements they made. And I'm sure you'll be able to see it as I continue on here, as we go through what happened on that first Christmas day. So in Luke's gospel, the first visit from an angel was to a priest called Zechariah. He was serving faithfully in the temple. The angel Gabriel suddenly appeared and said... Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will call his name John. You will have joy 
and gladness, and many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Well, unfortunately, Zechariah wasn't quite convinced, so he was actually struck dumb for a while until his child was born. But the angel said to him, you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice over the birth of this child. Elizabeth had been unable to have a child. You can imagine her delight at finding out that she was going to have this son. A few months later, she had a visit from her cousin Mary, who also had had an encounter with the angel Gabriel. He'd been very busy. And who'd been given the amazing news that she would bear God's own son and she was to name him Jesus. As Mary greeted her cousin, Elizabeth had an amazing experience and she instantly knew what Mary's news was all about. And this is how it happened. Now at this time Mary set out and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered a house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She cried out with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How has it happened that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. There's that word again. Not only was Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit, but her unborn baby was also aware uh, of the importance of Mary's news and was leaping for joy already before he was even born. So the scene was set for the greatest event in the history of the whole world. Mary and Joseph journeyed to the small village of Bethlehem and there Mary had a child, far from friends and family, on her own, totally. But such a world-shaking event didn't go unnoticed. Far away in the land of Persia, some magi, or high-ranking priests, had been studying the stars, and they noticed that a new star had appeared in the heavens. It was an incredibly bright star. They'd studied the prophecies of Israel, and they knew that it meant that a mighty king had been born. He was to be the king of the Jews. They journeyed first to the capital, Jerusalem. Of course, that's where you'd expect to find a king to be born in the capital city. And they went to the palace of King Herod, who was very unimpressed to hear that he had a rival now, and he attempted to misdirect them completely. But the Magi had their eyes very firmly fixed on that star. They followed it to Bethlehem. So let's pick up the story, Matthew 2, 9 to 11. Behold the star, which they'd seen in the east, and it went ahead of them until it came to a stop over the place where the child was to be found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after they came into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. Again, exceedingly rejoicing, with great joy. This was an event 
that was just probably the highlight of their lives. Also, of course, in the fields around Bethlehem at the time, there were some flocks of sheep being guarded by watchful shepherds. They were no doubt resting very sleepily in the darkness, taking turns to be the ones that had to watch. Others were then able to sleep. But the peace of the night was shattered by the appearance of an angel. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood next to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terribly frightened. So the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today in the city of David, there's been born to you a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. We, we focus on so many things in these parts of the Christmas story. But to me, that section that says, I bring you good news of great joy, stood out to me as if it was written in letters of fire when I was reading this section. It is for all people. Here's, a, here's the angel giving this message back then to a whole bunch of you know shepherds who were sitting out on the hills, really nobodies in society. And yet that message is there for us today. It is there for all people, us who are sitting here celebrating the birthday of Jesus. The shepherds, of course, dropped everything and raced off to the place where Jesus was lying and they too worshipped and praised God. No doubt their lives were never the same again. Can you imagine as they go back just chatting to one another? Hey, would you ever imagine that that could have happened? And then they would have told their friends and their friends' friends and so it would have gone on hey, we've seen the king of the world. You know, it would have been a very special occasion. In each of the snippets that I've given you of the Christmas story, there is that one overriding theme. Zechariah was told he would have joy and gladness and his unborn son leapt in the womb with joy when Mary came to visit. The wise men saw the star, rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and the angel declared to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. You know, that's our message for us today, here and now. The great joy that was given to each of us when God sent his only son into the world and demonstrated his incredible great love for us. It should dwell deep in each of our hearts, ready to bubble up and overflow in all circumstances. The word joy appears around 430 times in the Bible, whereas the word happiness is only in there about 10 times. It's obviously a pretty important concept to grab hold of. But what is it? Is it just smiling and acting happy? Don't think so. Joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Remember that? It's nestled in there between love and peace in the list in Galatians 5.22. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, there's an automatic download that comes in with them that shows itself in your daily life. 
It's not superficial pleasure, but it's a deep-centred sense of contentment and happiness and fulfilment, which comes when you live your life under the guidance of the Spirit of God. Acts 13, 52 tells us the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Interesting that they put joy first. The two things are inseparable. When you're filled with the Spirit, then joy is there deep within. Someone once said, the secret to joy is very simple. J, put Jesus first. O, then come others. And Y, last of all, is yourself. So that's something to just take away with you. Oh, good, I can see some smiles. Didn't see any before. Okay. So Jesus told his disciples that his joy would be in them and that their joy would be made full. And that applies to us too. Our joy has been made full. Do you feel that deep within inside you? I hope so. Joy gives us the strength and the courage to face tomorrow. His joy lives in us and gives us a joy that is beyond, under all, beyond all understanding. Your joy isn't dependent on circumstance. Joy comes from an inner peace, knowing that God is with you and that all is well with you and God. Joy is the confidence that God is working for your good. Joy lifts your heart out of sorrow to celebration, thanksgiving and worship. You know, in the Old Testament, Isaiah 54 and 55 are absolutely amazingly wonderful chapters that do detail the, God, the love that God has for his people. So I didn't want to write them all out, so I've just picked out the bones of most of it. And he declares that his steadfast love will never, ever leave us. His covenant of peace will never fail. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Every argument directed against us will fail. That's amazing. He tells us, my, joy, my word which goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. And straight after that, he says, for you will go out with joy and you'll be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you and the trees of the field will clap their hands. I'd love to see that just walking out into the middle of nature and seeing all of nature rejoicing and praising the Lord with us. That would be so incredible. And that's something that God has promised. And he says his word does never return to him empty. It will happen, guys. That's pretty amazing. You've got to admit that, yeah? After declaring that his word will achieve everything that he sends it out for God, and then declaring, we'll go out with joy and all nature will be joyful with us. Joy is part of our heritage of the children of God. Similarly, in Isaiah 35, we're told, the redeemed of the Lord will return. And some of you can probably continue this. 
and come to Zion with joyful shouting. Everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I think we would all love that. We're just waiting for that day when we cry no more tears of sorrow, no more tears of pain, but we will have everlasting joy in the presence of our Lord. We are the redeemed of the Lord. That promise of everlasting joy is ours. Um, After he'd finished a very mammoth task of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, Nehemiah said to his people, Go, enjoy some choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's Nehemiah 8.10. This is a great verse for Christmas. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send something to those who have nothing. But the joy, remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It enables us to face everything that's going to come against us to threaten God's peace in our lives. If you're facing something today which is robbing you of your God-given joy, then stand firm. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up, right up and overflowing with the joy of the Lord. Then you can stand in God's strength, the strength that he's given you, and you will triumph. I pray over you today, in closing, the prayer that Paul used in Romans 15, 13. And he said this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful prayer. I'd love us to come around the communion table now in a spirit of joy and peace together. You know, God so loved us that he sent his son so that we would have the opportunity to believe in him and live a life pleasing to God. Today, our focus is very much on the baby in the manger, but don't let us forget that Jesus the man went to the cross and died so that we could be saved and stand faultless in God's presence. We stand together as children of God, united in God's love, and we remember that sacrifice that he made for each of us. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Please come out, grab the symbols of God's love and we will share it together in joy this morning. These symbols that we hold in our hands now, they really are an enduring symbol of God's love for us. When he sent his son to the earth to be born as a baby, you know, that would have been the biggest wrench. He had to let him go, knowing that his child was going to his death. 
for those of us that are parents, it's something we can never imagine. And yet he did it for us. He knew that that was the only thing that would enable us to be able to stand in his presence sinless when the time came. And so as we take the bread and the wine today, let's just focus on what Jesus did for us, but also feel that joy within us that he chose to walk that path right to the bitter end. He didn't wimp out and say, oh, no, God, sorry, it's just a bit too tough. I can't do this. He took that road to Calvary, knowing he was going to die a horrible death. But he did it for the joy that was set before him. And that joy is now ours. So let's take the bread together, remember what Jesus did for us, and then we can perhaps have a new understanding of it all. Thank you, Lord. And likewise, the the grape juice that represents the spilt blood of our Lord. When Jesus died, there would have been a lot of blood. He'd been whipped. He'd been tortured. And then when he was nailed to the cross, that blood ran down freely. But, you know, it ran down so it would wash away our sins. We might not think they're too bad, but in God's eyes... They needed to be atoned for. And so Jesus gave his life for us. And we thank him now as we drink the juice together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to the earth, that you lived your life in a sinless, perfect state, knowing that you would take all of our sin upon you. Thank you, God, that you gave up the gift of your son. You gave it to us. You gave us that incredible joy that will be with us for eternity because we know you, Lord. We know your son. He's come into our lives and he has just exploded his life within us and left the Holy Spirit to be with us. So thank you, Lord, for loving us so much today. May we shed that love abroad on this Christmas day through the spirit that lives within us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know what? If you don't have that joy and peace that I've been talking about in your life today and you want to have some prayer, come up after our last song. We're very happy to pray with you, Jen and I. But just go. Go in joy. Go in peace today. And spread it. Joy's no good if you keep it locked away inside. It is your strength in the Lord. So make sure that it's used wisely. Thank you.